Hey, this is me, all cleaned up, ready to really refresh, getting ready to put on the makeup, go to work. Anyway, I got a lot of work to do, and I'm teaching on the whelp, the art of the whelp, because there's so much in current doctrines, certain groups that are accusing, that are ducking, avoiding, manipulating, using mind control, even, I hate to say it, evil witchcraft, which is rebellion. So I've got to talk about it, but you know, before I go there, you know, it's only right to think of good things. Great God, Jesus, our friend, the Holy Spirit, not spooky, not controlling, not into the mind control, dark, evil eye, you know, projecting. Didn't He wasn't behind the accuser of the female Salem witch trials, which used false spectral evidence that was white. The vibes, the impressions, the far off... You know, I think she is one, which goes on now. In modern day, really mostly charismatic spirit of prophecy, white. You know, I've been around a lot. God has sent me around. I had a great dad who was a healthy father. All the men I knew were respectful. My father was a no-guile leader. He had no secret agenda, no love of money. He wasn't a racial bigot. He wasn't gender biased. He had no love of money. Maybe that's why they don't want to be spoken with, because... Even though I, you know, I was sent to these, the big ones, a lot of these big ones, I had noticed that ducking, avoiding, and the serious branding without speaking, use of spectral evidence, I would think, and I diagnosed misogyny in these groups. It was the whelp, mega and micro. So then today, early this morning, I woke up and I'm thinking, you know, what have I, the Lord has put in my heart, not my dad. The opposite, no guile, not a womanizer, not into emotional intrigue, using his mind, you know, and his gifting to manipulate, calculate, and control. That's devil. That's devil. So when I was thinking, I think, you know, what is the common factor of all the decades of if I walk in full of faith, abiding with great respect, like I always have, a teacher, trainer, office, a prophet now, and a an apostle and the gates of any city they need me in, along with the others, a servant leader. And I'm not accusing people who use these titles, but they're so big. They're really huge for since the 90s in the rank and file. So I do it when the Lord tells me because he wants me to shake it up. Because there's this old aristocracy now, the old money-hungry Eli's, guarding the wells, making them unsafe for the newbie, the visitor, the stranger, the tired-looking, weary Hannah weeping on the front step because she just lost her love, her only husband. Uh, and so we've met this, and as a you know, real prophet, a sent one, servant leader, I've been embedded to see what the fruit is, the choice fruit in the seats of America during and the evolving of the television ministry age and the famous face followers. So I could say I enjoy a lot of the main, you know, famous faces, but I've always, you know, never fallen for any, I'm not under anybody and I'm not fallen for all their doctrine. But I incorporate the good stuff because it gives me power. I love the Holy Spirit. Gives me joy. Gives me ability to renew my mind. Get rid of that old former me. The old depressed melancholy, which I'm not. So I have so many great things, but I'm not under. That's the old law and country teaching passed down. Men and women. Usually tongue speaking. 
I'm not under, I'm a noble Berean. And as a former Baptist, I choose the good qualities of human relationships, real respect, <laughs> not being a chauvinist bias, judging any looking kind of woman as a Jezebel. That to me comes from the same country down from the pike, misogyny, Eli of the old day, you know, the witches and the war, you know, they were scared. That's why they've taught it wrong. So now I'm correcting the doctrine because I've studied it because of them. I'm a noble Berean, especially about charismatics and their doctrine right now. TCLleader.com, the maven of apostolic theology. All right. And a lot of it for all my life since being a Baptist with my dad. Hey, we, I'm not concerned about you, Baptist. You're really still got a foot in normal. Most people are really normal. But when you get out into the fanning of the flame of whatever this is, the witch watchers, witch spires, the accusers, the far off flamethrowers who go into the occult, I'm right there. I've been around this for 40, 30 years. And I've had them practice on me. <laughs> and as a result, it got me untamed. And it also made me value the Baptists, value the people, the Catholics, the African Americans. They don't do this. They're not into themselves that much, that accuser evil spying. So here we are wanting, trying all these years to connect, to locate where we can move in the Spirit. I move in the Holy Spirit. I used to, before all this shut me down, and the attack was so relentless from the self-righteousness, seer flamethrowers and the false accusers I just had to focus pull back recuperate and also study the doctrine because if as a chief apostle now at Galatians 1 1 and 2 for your for your information charismatics prophetic especially country all wise all right I am here not sent out by any one person or any one group. I am the brothers and sisters who are with me. They're not under me. They're co-laboring alongside to if they want to. All colors and ministry. So when I get little Holy Spirit revelations, I could be standing there, you know, drying my hair, which I was today. And it was like, oh, common factors. See, the Lord has, has taught me this. He goes, he's with me, and he just shows me things I would never, not have known. So I was studying there, and I thought, the because I've dealt with human manipulation, trying to control me, trying to use the demon of control to outpower me without being willing to dialogue. And I'm a very, this is the, the weird stuff, so I'm speaking surely for many, males and females, ministers and moms. Instead of wanting, you know, the, the Christian, the saved Christian, be it a father, be it a pastor, be it a son, be it as a junior minister, a senior mega office, or a second in command at somebody's table, you know, here a visitor, a typical everyday person maybe doesn't have a typical flavor about her when they because they're into scanning you know they're into the heightened scanning so they will think she's something we don't know what but because of their stoic lack of humility lack of fun lack of knowledge lack of one foot in normal which is supposed to be christian real minister real ministry 
they, instead of saying, oh, you know, let me go respect the new person, a female, an African-American, whoever, they just choose this group around the United States sits there and scans. It is my opinion, it is now should be also called spectral evidence because now the groups scan me. It's gotten, I'm harassed. I get, it is harassing because you are pure hearted, pure living and this thing calls you evil and they, they disrespect the new visitor. Maybe it's just the white person, but these are white. They're never brown. So I go in as a litmus test to train on it, to understand it to de-yoke it from its own moves, self-righteousness, annoying, harassing self-righteousness. I've had this in Florida. I've had this in Virginia. I've had this in Dallas, 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 too much. And now lately around here, I diagnosed it when it first started to flare up. If I walked up to say hi to their leadership table or whatever it was back then in the nineties, all I was was a minister, pastor's daughter, professional, who up in Richmond had said hello to a lot of pastors and ministers because I was on their team in the body, the community, and that was not a big deal. You go out when you don't know what you're getting. You know, you're sent by the Lord because you love the worship. You're learning about a new move, which is my call since I was 24. So you go up just to say hi, like you know, one of the guys, let's say, in a ministry who doesn't know you. You're not famous. But it turns out they are. This is celebrity ministry. I just didn't know this. Because now they are fiercely astute and too many in the charismatic, well-entrenched prophetic are Eli's. Or they have this, like Eli in the front step, he accused the lone woman without speaking to her. When she was weeping... And feeling low because she was persecuted, her husband sent her there and said he loved her more than the other wife. She was there under authority, but they had no clue. They were Their issues blocked their perception. So when Eli sitting there, the older priest, misogynist, his sons were sleeping with the women. They were his staff. They were using the offering and abusing the offering and the women and the people. And Eli just tolerated it. And he probably said, you know was he didn't value women he was a misogynist he didn't care he just went oh boys will be boys but the people knew and god knew so when Eli is sitting there first samuel and the weeping she didn't look that great but she had something about her her probably her anointing from the lord if they talk like that in hebrew in the hebrew day because she was called to birth the new move she was called an unknown, faceless female, by herself, had gone in trouble to trust the leadership of God's people, the office-appointed ministers. And so when she went, she was troubled. She wasn't thinking about them. Eli saw her as a stereotype. Instead of saying, there is an unknown, strange woman over there, stranger, leader woman, and saying, oh, what's wrong with her? Let's go see, which is Jesus, heart of compassion. <laughs> Instead, he sits back and he scans and he says, she's drunk. Oh, man, one more troubled time-wasting 
a lone female, you know, just one of the ones like my son likes to use. So all this collectively was damaging God's people, relationships. It was all about relationships. Eli and his two sons, was he scared to say no? Were they going to control him because he was older and there were two of them against one? Was Eli dismissive of people like other objects? Females are just females. And did he care enough that the relationships of his staff, the two staff, his sons, who were known as the sons of the devil around the area, the whole region, because of their misuse of relationships, their demeaning use and abuse and accusation and sly treatment of their office call toward females and money, the two relationships the love of money is the root of all evil. The relationship, this is our teaching because of what I've been through. The relationship with money is something that you should know about. Money triggers good, evil, covetousness, self-centric behavior, control, killing somebody. It is a... It, lust, whatever. It is a big relationship that we have to know how to not have. And if you don't have the fear of the Lord and the true lack of love of money, then you will be resembling the Eli High Priesthood eventually, male or female. So then we have the, <clears throat> the abuse, the relationships with God's women. These were leader women, lowly women, pitiful women, tribal women, very orderly structured women that would come to want to go to God's house. Thinking in 1 Samuel, you know, God's house is where I need to be because I want to help. I love God. I just want to get away and think on God and honor the Sabbath. I choose to want to obey the Sabbath. In fact, back then in the Hebrew days, they were forced to. They had the law in the Levitical Torah that they were to keep the Torah so they guaranteed there would be a plenty of women coming and men to the temple, the LP temple. So the two sons who were regarded and trusted so people would come to the, you know, I'm going to go sit under the anointing. I'm going to go and fellowship and meet with God and honor God with the Sabbath, the commanded Sabbath. I'm going to go because I... That's what God says to do, but I'm also, I'm also know that there are not many other places I can go to that do this. I also know they're not very humble, and they, I know I've heard a lot of things, and people have told me things. That's what the you know the females could have said about the men. So the reputation had gotten out that the Eli Temple was using abusing repeatedly no fear of the lord no humility it was about money me centric money so when this happened god knew and it says the people call the sons the staff at the fellowship they're the sons of belial b-e-l-i-a-l -I, I guess that's how you pronounce it the sons of the devil in leadership so god had to do something he had to resurrect the old set in their way sedentary. 
too complacent, hard-hearted, callous, and now all about me, my four, no more, make sure the system's running well, the legalistic system's running well so that we can generate that funding, keep us in good supply. For a time, they got away with it. They really got away with it. God's reputation, his holy name, was now becoming besmirched. People were confused. They could tell those people that are in the leadership don't even read their own Bible, their own scrolls, their own Torah. They are doing what the opposite says. They are not guarding, guiding, and governing all of us. They are repeatedly using us, putting us under a curse because of their rebellion. The people in the nation were under a curse conceivably, in the Hebrew nation, because the priests and the leaders had lost it. So, because God had finally said, time is up, I'm going to fix this. I've got to fix it. Because there's a whole future. You know, back in Samuel, that is way eons ago. He had We wouldn't have been here, maybe. Okay? So, God says to somebody, an obscure, unknown, faceless not famous, not celebrity, not gifted, not packaged, not polished. It was a lone prophet that nobody knew and ever heard of or invited to speak on their podium. So one day when the Lord knew it was the time, he sent the prophet to the head guy, Eli, who was overseer in charge of the two misogynist sons and God said through the prophet Ichabod Ichabod that means the glory of the Lord has departed from Israel the whole nation because of you and that the word continued because of your choices and your son's choices that are not fragrant not bringing in my full counsel, just money. I'm going to remove you. I'm going to need to remove you and your sons and nobody from your tribe and your family will ever sit on the office again. So Eli took it and Samuel had been born. That was the prophet born of Hannah, the lone weeping woman who is easily accused and stereotyped at the priest's door that in chapter one, she had given birth to Samuel, who was being mentored by Eli, and he, Samuel, turned out to be the new birth, the new era, with him as the prophet. So when the word from the unknown prophet, the obscure prophet that preceded all of that, really, he was the first national prophet, if you think, in that way, (laughs) technically. So he was sent on his mission. So you don't have to be known to do your mission, to be a sent by God. People may not like you or receive it, but you, only you, famous or not, lady or man, black or white, young or old, only God and you, that should matter. So you are, your security is not in them or your everyone else around you not doing it or knowing it and you acting weird, but if you really are with God, your security is not you or them. It is the Lord. And I've had to grow in this. I really do. It is now. That's why I'm this (laughs) out of the box, I guess. Unashamed. By God's grace. So I 
then read that the shortly after the word of the Lord was given to Eli about his demise and his sons, he got word. He got word that his sons had been killed. And when he heard the news, Eli had gained weight. He was overweight and he fell backwards and broke his neck. And that was it. They were out. So I really caution the body, the Christians, whoever has a word to hear about this and to pray, really. When I was getting ready this morning, just getting ready, and all of a sudden God speaks. And I just, I'll be honest, I've had to deal with big egos, bruising egos, talented egos that said they were Christian, that were just relentless, abusive, controlling, denying me working it out, denying Jane, not, not working out problems to resolve if they had an issue with me they would not let me even work with them they just chose to give me like a duck and avoid silent treatment I've had this in family people are really big in their egos and the spirit of pride so I'm thinking then I had it in mega churches when I tried to <clears throat> confront one of their members in Dallas and I was just submitting to the count. See, they had, nobody wants this kind of person. This temperament does not want to compromise. Doesn't want to give. It wants to be boss, no matter what. Demeaning people, being the opposite of Jesus, not being easily entreated, not being respectful, being not even if you're older, their mother, their spouse or whatever or their member so i was new in town i had a a, a minister that i had was going to have a man's ministry a man and his wife and so i had given a computer and after long story short he never used it except for himself and he had other things he wasn't functional he wasn't doing i said i have to meet with your wife on a regular basis because you and i are working together i'd bought him the computer so we could have skype not have to meet you know because of female stuff and male tried to walk it out just right and they didn't do it he, she wouldn't do it he didn't let her do it finally i just said no more so i said let me have everything back video camera cell phone i'd gotten him and a computer brand new computer wasn't that expensive but it was new and i bought it for him all he did was look for his job so with that chaos and dysfunction which is dfw grassroots at huge per capita not all but huge entirely huge so the disrespect it, and see this is it people would look that are certain kinds it is about money yeah the, it, it is about money it makes me lose money <laughs> But the issue is worse than money. That's why I don't have all this giant whatever the people want me to have mega show. Because I don't really, I'm not into mega shows. I'm into being whatever. So I had, the principle is not about the money. It was about respect. No respect for the person who's in office. No pure heart respect for the leader. He said he wanted that he he and they agreed to help. And I interviewed with his whole family of sisters so they could check out the female and I passed. It was not about integrity because he never did what he said. It was about using somebody, me, using an office, 
minister, a fellow Christian, a female, an elder, his superior, whatever. Same with her. All right. So when we go and we look back, we've got lessons, real lessons of why it's so important to train everybody, junior ministers, about what is ministry, what is respect. Now we look at also the issue of, and this is the tribe that I, the same charismatic group, and and it's just been in spirit filled. Not all are like that, but when they're ornery and twisting, manipulating, ducking, which he did, I tried to call up, hand over the things, please. I'd like to get it back. And I would like to address it. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. That goes also another telling tale. It's beside relationship disrespect, but hiding out to get what you want. Love of money. He wanted that computer. He wanted it. He wanted it more than respecting an office minister. And he had said he was a Christian. He had played with a famous rock group. When he was younger, you know, maybe this is it with these guys. Just a bunch of womanizers, dismisses of, you know, disrespect. So I really thought, you know, I'm learning. That was Texas. This is Texas. That is big. That type of thing. There's just one instance. So the love of money is big. The hiding pride to keep stuff ties in with money. The lack of respect, the lack of love, the lack of respect for a human, happened to be me, is telling. Pride, it, it's, it's about money. It really is. Money is more than all the rest. So listen, you're, this is big. So then I go, <clears throat> because he said he was friends and been at this one big church, a mega church, for 10 years, I thought, well, you know, I'm a professional minister nobody knows me and i know my bible i'm going to go matthew 18 front you know the first time i matthew 18 15 it says make an appointment confront them but he hid and avoided like adam and eve in the garden the old carnal ducking and avoiding even from god so then so then i thought i'm going to write the big church well you had to write them because there's huge amounts of people huge bureaucracy so i picked one um excuse me a minute i picked one of the top staff and i wrote a letter and i signed it dr diarcy brother pastor diarcy or something like that so i got i said would you please go with me he says she's your member i would like to confront him this was what happened so i wrote the letter to the big church and i got the letter back it says oh brother drc brother drc will help you yeah brother drc will oh we're being so glad to help another guy big guy so when i said you know thanks i can't wait you know let's do that and i signed it but i'm sister drc dropped off the scene no way to me the posturing chauvinism, the disrespect of a relationship, the no fear of the Lord hides sin in the camp. That was a big, that church alone had so many, too many lessons. Bias, when I first got stereotyped in my life, chauvinism, resisting, holding the women back so the women could get it. It was just huge, huge, huge you know, I thought it was a waste of time, but in actually it was teaching fodder. So when I had not been around misogyny, woman hating, I had been around avoiding ministry so they would not, you know, to keep their stuff. I had that before this people, 
in a, a group of pastors in a fellowship when I loaned them a $1,200. It was me as a prophet. Me as a prophet. And then this kind, they're white. Oh, you're mean. You know, women are mean. Women are, women are in trouble. You know why? Because they're doing them wrong. <laughs> Maybe that's why they've done so many wrong and they're so ugly to them. Of course, they would have done this to anybody. It's self-preserving, sitting on the wells of gates of God's houses. Many of the Holy Spirit, many of teaching, they're guarding the wells to make it unsafe and unhabitable for new people who are pure-hearted and normal to fellowship with the saints. So when I was thinking this morning, all of a sudden I saw all these, because I've dealt with it only in the last few days with somebody. I'm a communicator. I'm just a born, hey, if you got something wrong with me, just let me know. We'll work it out. I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to be calm. I'm not going to shout. I'm not going to manipulate. I don't control because I deal with those kind through my life. <laughs> I learned I don't do that. I don't lower myself. When I was growing up, my memories before my sister was born, my early memories of my mother, who was quite the dominator, and I knew I didn't want, I wanted to be like my dad, who was not, all right, and my aunt, who was not, and her mother, who was not, but she was. And so I, and also she would duck and hide and use emotional, I won't speak, you know, to me that is demonic, you know, that is not loving, and she was a Christian. She was raised, you know, I don't know what happened, but she was a wonderful person until she switched to that mode so they can switch to the mode when they want their way, you know. I call it slave master coming down from patriarchal Roman patrician. Now, she was a wonderful woman. We forgave her, and she's up in heaven, but I'm telling you, I didn't want to be like that. So, so I had my dad, and that's why I think of my dad a lot as a pastor because he was no guile. No control, no white witch watching, no, no, all this stuff, hyper faith, nothing like going on. So my aunt was not manipulated, so I talked to her. My grandmother was not like that, so I talked to her. So I can't take it when people are not themselves, when they've got to win, whatever this is. They've got to prove they are over you or this, maybe they thrill to the battle. I don't know. I do not. <laughs> but I watched my mother growing up before my sister was born, I guess, or too young. And I watched how they, back then, before they knew, had, they later got filled with the Holy Spirit and they got in the faith movement and they were, you know, more mature. But when I was younger, I watched my mother get wounded by her sister. And then maybe the sister would be wounded by her. And I would watch, because I was there, and I would see they wouldn't speak to each other for a couple of years. Because, but they would talk about them. She hurt me. And they'd write each other long, long, long letters, which I hate that kind of thing. Why? Because it's so childlike. You're not getting it over. You're prolonging it. And it's so idiot. You're wasting all this artistry and gifting of writing and time and you're getting your point across and you mail it. They used to be letters, not emails. Now they do emails. And it's like 16 pages of your side of it so that you don't have to talk to them. You're a coward. It's not my mother only or them. It's you, most of you. 
So I grew up with that thinking, my gosh, even as a kid, I thought, why? They're talk, they're complaining and being sad to all these relatives. The other one's complaining and being sad to all these relatives, but they're too sensitive to face-to-face -face confront. I made my mind up as a kid. I'm not going to waste my energy and time in my life. Now, I've had relatives that do that, that still did it, and still do. Do I forgive them? Of course, but they keep on doing it. To me, it is control. And see, this is it. I've been around this enough, and in ministry, and in ministry, to know a spirit of control. And I'm not their victim. And also, they, I notice this kind of group, are victims. This hiding pride, Leviathan, Job 41, read about the sneaky snake of superior pride, elite pride, you know, we, you know, it's us, our four, we are so wounded and such a victim, you know, we're going to hide, we're going to, you know, right fight, as somebody said. So when I've been around this bush, it has been drama. It has been accuser drama of the nth mega and micro. <laughs> and today it hit me. If I have had people stonewall me, block me, refuse to be negotiate, help me negotiate somebody, help me, or even let me work it out and negotiate because they've taken my stuff, or they have an issue with me, that they will not let me speak that they will avoid me in a mega church without looking because I have something. I mean, really, I sit there on behalf of God. What if I were a man, would they do it? I don't know. It is the evil Eli Temple. You know, there's certain ones that don't do it. Most don't, thank God. But then there's the doctrine, the scale of false doctrine that I trigger, which is whelp, white whelp, usually, or whelm, the female kind. So I don't get their approval. So when I was thinking, why is it arduous now to go fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Why is it? Is it really presenting a church? Have they lost? Is it Eli? Pride? Is it now a fortress? A bastion that they have to defend us against them? Paranoia? prophetic paranoia it's, you know we're so righteous and holy and it is like whoa let me find normal people let me find less cult it's a cult spirit it's protecting the cult so when i was looking at my daddy i was looking at my life and i was looking at my long experience with this major huge spirit i'm no I'm no short change. I am not a wuss. So it must be giant to get me, you know, to overpower me. So is it Leviathan? Read that about Levi, the priest. Leviathan. Is it Python? Yeah, I'm talking prophetic. This is how prophet, prophetic groups do it. So I'm going to throw it out there. It is a Jezebel. These are Jezebels. Then I've had, let me graduate it when they are raging and they come after me and they swell to outforce me with demonic power. I've had twice. I call them Lucifers. Jezebel is slippery and, you know, all these things. But Lucifer, is it will hurt you. <laughs> I've had that. 
So there for the grace of God, he's been so good and I'm still cheery and happy and feel good and, you know, but I'm alerting you. I'm alerting a lot of you that do this and your groups and your mega groups and your micro groups and your personalities and your parents and your lay people and your elders and your prophets. This is guarding and upsetting the Holy Spirit, grieving him. You are grieving him. If I looked at the only thing I must, I may trigger when I trigger this red flag of the litmus test of these demonic controllers who are controlling too much. It hit me today. The common factor, because my dad wouldn't like this, it's been about money. Protecting the gate of their fortress ministry from anyone that would hurt their money flow. If I tried to confront to get the computer back and they wore it against me, it was disrespect, demeaning for an office prophet, an unknown nameless, who happened to be a she as their test. God is using, he's mixing it up now. It's not going to all be males and females. It's not going to be all males. It's going to be females and who and black people. And brown. It's no one is going to own the gates of any kind of movement. No one is going to own the gates of prophecy. No black, no white people, no brown people, no males and no females. But everybody has the right to go there unafraid and not be dominated. God uses the foolish things that are too foolish. Oh, yes, yeah, just one more Hannah, weeping Hannah. She looks too pitiful. She's not our kind. You know, I heard that she was homeless. God has his prophets. Ezekiel, let me explain that. Ezekiel, this is more and more like the Old Testament, in my opinion, the prophet. It's getting wilder. It really is. I would never have thought like this or even realized it. But in the old days, in the Old Testament, the prophets did weird stuff to get red flag the attention of the fallen leaders. And so Elijah, excuse me, Ezekiel lay on his side for 350 days, 390 days, something like that, as a sign to wake up the red flag of the sin of God's people. So when in Dallas, DFW, I had some the subculture and I don't mean this accusing, this is your fruit. The subculture was of the basic common tongue talker was achievement wannabe and nouveau, nouveau riche, but also we have need of nothing. We know it all because we're a member of so-and-so's famous, you know, flow. We have need of nothing. Let me hurry on to my next appointment. Now, there's a remnant if you can find them. And I can excuse a lot of these, really, because they've never been taught any better. All their training is like that. Really, the doctrinal bathwaters from mega to micro is like that. So who would... I can't really accuse them but I, or find fault, but I can assess the damage, the real damage doing to Jesus' name. All under the sake of Christ's following and the almighty dollar. <clears throat> who can you trust? Therefore, I fled, and I was so glad to get away from the white bastions of 
the white bastions of accumulation. I really was. It just isn't me. I like good neighbors, and there were at the Starbucks, the barista fellowship. I christened it. That was a lot, a lot better over there. They're more diverse, more you know, respectful. But out in the bastions of accumulation, in the nation that follow these movements, not pure, not holy, not. It is not loving or even discerning that you respect an older person. It's not respectful that you oh, you can't discern an Elijah from a Jezebel. They cannot discern this movement, all these movements. <clears throat> Prophetic white that own the wells that are got a lot of good stuff in them. They can't, they're, by now they're jaded. They're, they've got so much pollution, garbage, unrepentance in there, no humility. Like Elijah went through, I mean, like um, <clears throat> Isaiah went through three. That they call evil good and good evil, Isaiah 5.21. I walk in to the whelp. I don't get spoken to. I get stared at. I get blamed for whatever they think I have done. I get accused by generic stereotype. State, state after state. It is a travesty. It is accusation calling before God, grieving the Holy Spirit, calling somebody good, evil, and evil good for showing up to love the Lord and the commanded Sabbath. That's all I wanted to do. A lot of us. And when I speak, it's my energy. I have a different energy because I'm a new move. One of the, you know, part of the new move, the newer move. My move is diverse. It's cross-racial. I have a human's ministry. I don't have a women's ministry. I don't think pink. I never think pink. I think sunny yellow, happy yellow, and blue. So when we get out of the old 80s move, the old entrenched 80s move that is accumulated, that is white, not every one of them, please don't, you know, but the general flavor and remnant there is a remnant. A lot of it's remnant, can be remnant, but they've lost their cutting edge. They've lost their spirit of humility. They've lost the ability to really know how to relate to normal people. Now they're in their bastion of elite. It's the elite spirit. When I <laughs> told somebody or shared somebody I, or wrote something the other day, it came out. I thought, man, I was so glad to get out of the ministry of Dallas. I said, everybody was elite. I mean, the local, the small ones to the, everybody, that's the basic style of Christianity. If the, if you're in the charismatic moves out there, the Holy Spirit, hey, you're elite. You're entitled. It is in society because of Hollywood and all the stuff, celebrity. And so I do remember a lot of people at the Barista Fellowship interviewing the young people, interviewing for their, their getting their photos for their Hollywood debut and all this stuff. You know, I mean, all this is, all this is the new norm. And it is not a sin to get your picture for your Hollywood debut. If you know it's God, if you've met the Lord, if you really have your heart ready to go meet him in case something doesn't happen in case the showbiz doesn't work out and a sniper comes by god for, and i mean that's god forbid do you realize how many people are killing themselves every day celebrities rappers young people no-knowns every day young and old 
every day, a lot of them in the 30s. God forbid. Do they know? My question has always been, because I'm so upset by this. Why? It's because the church hasn't been there for their parents, probably, and they took the kids with them when they quit. And then Hollywood, the media, oppression, the world, you know, life just does it. And the news, every day the news and the news for their future. So we got to work from the ground up. Level up of grassroots, real people and normal and giving them hope for eternity. But my thought was when I read yesterday and the day before, sometimes four a day, two a day, every, almost every single day, somebody's killed themselves. It's been football players that OD'd on the drugs. It's been another football player that killed, died young. All these people are gorgeous, amazing, made by God, handcrafted, and talented. And even if they are, and we say God forbid, even if they go like that, drugs or kill themselves, do they know where they're going? A lot of people, to me, it looks like they're, let's get it done. I'll stand in front of the cop. The cop will shoot me. You know, suicide by cop is big. I'll just go out there and jump off the building. You know, one day I don't feel like real that good. And, oh, it looks hopeless today. I'm just going to kill myself. It is happening like that now. It is horrible. It's widespread. So we don't have a reason in the church now to feel any empathy. We don't have any it doesn't look like people really care. It's all about our four and our daily bread. Our our work. You got to get out on the front lines and you got to do some work. But my big thing is, even if they kill themselves, you can't help it. You can do something, you know, here and there to stop it. But you got to think to these people that are just you know, because they're immature and young and they just don't understand and they've never been taught. They don't have a role model. So there's many reasons, but you think if they choose to go that way, if they choose to end it all, they choose to die, they choose to commit suicide, have they really thought about the other side? That's my biggest point. The biggest point, do they know where you're going? Do you know where you go? You won't come out. You never get a day off. My concern for the video media generation for years, they sit in there with their thumbs, you know, hooked and lost for hours, even days. People said Fortnite when it came out was keeping people for weeks online and they have their communities. My nephew does that. So the idea is that with all the fascination, entertainment that takes hours online, and no mama and daddy engaged, no mama and daddy, they're online too, that all this life, hours, days, weeks on end, is going to stop. It could stop any day. And when it stops, you don't get out of where you go. There is no time off for good behavior. This is eternity. When I was in Virginia and we had our family together and I, we took a tour of the Luray Caverns or some big cave and the um, they took us down in the bottom of the cave with a candle and that was where Stonewall Jackson, some Civil War soldier, had hid with his men. So we went down to the very lowest part of the cave and then they blew out the candle. 
it was the most horrible, thick darkness. It was horrible. I could hardly wait for them to turn that candle back on. They did. All I could think of, that's hell. Mama's not there. Your media's not there. Your, your social network and Facebook aren't there. And you are not there just for a short time. You are there never getting out with pain, sorrow, and suffering, and hell screams and agony forever. Whoa. But the church says, we're complacent. You know, we've made it big now. We've accumulated our money. We're gentrified. We're well off. And we have need of nothing. And, you know, that's that's just, you know, that will pass. So when I'm out there as their test case, their sister, and I'm not like that, I get out love people and I am there on the front lines like a front lines you know battlefield nurse many times doesn't and I'm not set in my ways or in my finances which has been a just a joy frankly a choice to do it this way you know I could have because of the pressure of the proud usually red state white you know really rich religious Christians, holy Christians that are in the moves that believe in bless me <laughs> performance achievement. I could have gone out and sacrificed my teaching and learning to live on the front lines by faith. I could have sacrificed my ability to focus only on my mission, God's mission, like David out in the field with Saul chasing him. Psalm 132 is my word. I could have done it and gone to say, you know, let me go get some nine to five typical. Let me go this. I wanted, I really wanted all my life to connect with a ministry. But when the chauvinism, the caginess, the typecasting, the disrespect, no E-O-R-R, -R, equal opportunity, real respect for everybody, even women, when the withstanding, when the money, 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 when the you're not blessed unless you've got money, which is really Paul's from such turn away fellowship of First Timothy 6, 6, 6, 5. When I go there and they are, instead of seeing a person coming like myself, they see a, oh, it's just a female. Or they see, oh, it's a possession. Good. She's there to be under us. The all the old country law, she's under me, you know, who she submitted to. Who I'm not a charismatic. I'm out of there in 2012. I am cross-body, true unity, Galatians 1, 1, and 2. I'm for the body as an outpost and a minister, a preacher and a pastor, a thorn in this kind of flesh. The Eli Temple High priesthood and priestette flesh, because it is your flesh, is on the line. So when I preach and I teach, I do it to instruct so that they can learn and think somberly. And that the people who are not like that can say, pray for our nation, pray for them. And say, woe, woe for America. Isaiah 1 through 10 
sums it up right now with this message. Isaiah, the national prophet, said to his leaders, the God's leaders of his people, the Hebrew nation, the priests, the princes, whomever, women and men. And the women are mentioned. He says, you, leaders of God's people, are guilty. You have little g-gods. You have false religions. You have vanity. And he mentions the women also with the vanity. I know more. I don't have to know anything. I've seen it all. I've done it all. I've heard it all. We don't need it. We have need of nothing. Our gift is so superior that now I don't have to even greet anybody, know anybody. I can just look at them, scan in, and know them. And I can see how evil they are. And then, because I'm that proud and vain, I will do my duty to help my fellow staff and my network down in the South by warning them, by accusing the stranger they've never spoken to. Calling good evil, evil good. That is witch-watching and that is demonic. It is spectral evidence witch-watching trials of Massachusetts. If you call somebody evil good and you're doing it year in, year out, you're on the line. It is so now, so self-important popes running the mega ministries, popes and popettes and the hirelings of the popes, that now you have to have preferred, you know, to get respected. Just ordinary people can't. You got to be their type. And this is whelp. Time after time. If I don't fit your type, I don't mind. Just be respectful to a normal, like a Baptist. You got to be like Baptists now, a bit more. And a Catholic and a black person, they're always respectful. They say hi. They, they actually focus on somebody except their own aura. It's that bad. It's thick. So you think, oh, you know, America's going downhill. You know, they're taking over. They're taking over. America's going downhill. You know, you know, the red bastions, they'll say that, you know, we're, you know it's, it's their fault. They're, it's their fault. They'll bring in their army guy to say it's their fault. You know, they, they're us. They're, they're out to take us down in America. It's America. You know why? Because the Christian is that bad. <laughs> the Christian has lost its salt. It's lost its ability to be trusted. It's lost its humility. Who wants to go when they're that proud and vain and they're that diabolical? to the visitor. My gosh. So I'm making it plain because it should be made plain that this is the way it is. It really is right now. Why would I want, I go somewhere, but I don't go there because of that. It's just, I know my Bible and I respect myself and I respect the Holy Spirit. It ain't all Holy Spirit. It's cult. It is false religion because it's got a scowl. The scowl of false superior religion, Leviathan 41 of Job. We've looked at you and you do not meet our criteria. <laughs> Listen, you know, I'm going to give a big name, a, a little, I've never been there, but to me, I don't think Joel Osteen does that to anybody. He looks like he's a pretty normal guy with all this big mega church. 
that's why God gives us lots of opportunities with different movements. Cause I'm not saying, I, you know, but I'm saying, thank God for somebody's happy <laughs> and no scowl of false doctrine. All right. No witch watch. And it's a, it's a joy. So <laughs> that's why God said, that's why, you know, that's why even at Easter of 2021, they reported that more Christians don't go to church than do. I understand. That's why we like online and we have the online fellowship.us, which is the DFW leader ministry fellowship.com DFW ministry leader, DFW leader ministry fellowship.com. I'm going to try to upgrade it. I'm in the office now and I'm trying to make it more professional and, uh, eventually have guests, but also have a regular service on the weekend for leaders. Okay. But the idea is that nobody should be a clone of anybody. Do your best to resemble God. Nobody should be owned and possessed and under anybody where they are landlocked and can't think for themselves or go anywhere God tells them. Nobody should say, I am for only the tribe of Paul. No, I am only for the cult of famous so-and-so. No, that is anti-Bible. We've got to, so my, our move is this. We don't want you. We don't want you unless you're sent and you're not an accuser. And you abide in James 3.17 and you're, it's like a network. You're not under me, you're with me and you're a peer until proven otherwise. The criteria for you is you have to be able to understand is a female. No ego bias, no good old boy stuff. No gender jaundice. But I'm not thinking, I deal with men all my life and women equally. I mean, I really always am sent, I think as people, we're sent to people. But you don't have your, you have to have your issues done before you deal with me. So I do it one by one, individual by individual. Each are unique and I do it as ministers are unique and their tribes are unique and they are unique. And it's not hopeless for anybody that I've talked about today, this kind. It is not hopeless. It's just a red flag and alert to warn you. That's it. I believe with, in my heart that the best, some of the best is about to come for those with the fear of the Lord. It may be not easy. It may be trouble, but listen, I, without anyone befriending me in any of these kinds of cultish moves, not one person. Instead, you're just a, a typecast and you don't meet our criteria, our fine criteria, which is, because see, I've been around ministry longer than them. I just know it's a spirit and also it is a lack of knowledge. They're immature and mighty proud <laughs> in a cult. So I'll just say, you know, that's fine. I move on. But I believe I'm sent, mostly sent to people who don't want to be cultish and they don't want to be a hanger on and a clinger. And they need, they don't want somebody watching their business, minding their business and saying, I got it. I know more than you. This is a collaboration. There is chain of command. And if I found somebody unruly, untoward or really disrespectful or just evil, I'll have to stand up and rise up, human up. But otherwise, I just want it to be chatting and gathering and hearing and everybody fellowshipping. And then if something grows into a tribe, two or three tribes, I hope they're diverse. We want black and white. We would just want people, sent people. And 
I like a family feel. Down-to-earth, good neighbors, smart, you know, professional, but not picky. You don't. Have, and see, my thing is, there are too many big eyes. Too many big eyes. And so if you're not in the big eye, you don't care about that. They look down on you because they're jaundiced. We're trying to, this is a new move. This is not the old move. This is a new move for everybody. I can help experienced long-term pastors and offices like myself adjust if you have questions about how to get in the new move. Get rid of some of this old carnality, the old thinking of the old wineskin. I can help you. That's what I'm here for. That's another side of my ministry, the call. I can counsel a top leader who counsels others. I've had lots of huge relationship deals and emotional intrigue that wasn't my choice. But the Lord gave me strength to do it. I can chat theology, worship. I'm an inventor, creator, a witty, you know, whatever invention type. And I love it. But we don't want to do it for everybody. We just want to do it for those who want that. And as an octopus, I heard a famous bishop on TV. I was at his church in Dallas. Give him credit. And he said, this famous bishop on TV, uh, he said, people get confused about him because he has so many talents, so many giftings. They say, well, how can you do it all? Well, I think, you know, I have a lot of different things too. It, you just know how to do it by focusing when God says, focus on that today, that tomorrow, that tonight. So he said to tell the people, he says, now, don't you get overwhelmed because a fine, a multifaceted, multi-gifted person like myself and like him, that is confusing majorly to most people, unless you were like that. So what he said, I'm telling you, I can say, I did, I can do that. I can do that. And I can do that. And I can, I don't have to do it all. I don't have to do it only if God wants it. But it's like an octopus. This is the lesson. If they're, if she or he or they can do this teaching, this praying, this pro teach on prophecy, this on have a school, this on do worship, do a creative stuff, six or ten things, cooking, anointing, whatever you want to do, family teaching, do family stuff. I love family stuff. Then the Holy Spirit can guide you to choose the arm of the octopus, which is the one that you want to help with, which is the one that you feel called to, which is the one you don't feel called to, don't do it. That's how you operate with a multifaceted minister, a multifaceted person. Nobody has to go there if it isn't your fit. And that's, I think, really the feel for this move of God. Don't go to any church anywhere if it's not your fit. If it's not loving, if it doesn't respect your kind, find another one. If you can't for a while, start your own. Go online. There are a lot of options now. There's no one size fits all. There's no condemnation for Hebrews 10, 25. It used to be in the country, whelp. you're not under a church. You don't go to church. They're church hoppers. That's the top criteria. Baptists don't think like that. Baptists, I don't think black people do. So there's this legalism that makes people injured, but also think, man, I don't want to be, I feel so guilty. So we're removing the guilt. We have three scriptures. Paul writes three commands about fellowshipping with any kind of group. The first command is Hebrews 10, 25, 
Don't forsake fellowshipping with the saints as some have. But now you don't know what kind of saints they really are. Are they spooky, sin-spying, finger-pointing, cultish? You hear God on what kind and where the saints are, even if you develop your own type of fellowshipping in a coffee shop, in your house, in a living room, online, e-groups. E-groups, all right? There are a lot of e-groups. Do that. And when God sends me the right people, some of the right people to get our online fellowship up, we will have e-groups and we'll have better presentation and more options and more people and more colors because it's a real ministry. It's just that I've been on this, whoa, doctrinal learning curve. And now it's, you know, an apostle is a commissioned, a person commissioned by God to plant a work, an office work. I'm an office. But a colony has to be planted and you have to be sent in the right timing and the right place to plant that specific colony God wants. When you get there to the place, then you find the natives of the land that rule the land. And I have found that a lot of those natives that oppose me in my makeup, my female, my non-traditional approach with God, they are fierce and controlling and whelp. And that is not not mad at them. But I had to learn how to be strong enough because they would wipe me out. <laughs> they are so owed to whelp at the top of online fellowship. I'm a prophetic seer, so I know what, if people are against me or for me. But I also know that it's occult. They're using occult and white witchcraft too. And that is part of the field of this. That I don't fear it. I don't fear it at all. But you, it takes time out. It's fatiguing. It's draining. It's like, oh, so needless. Why don't, if they have a book, if they think I'm that evil or you're that evil, why haven't they submitted to God's whole counsel, Matthew eighteen fifteen, and confronted you to find out? This is my bone. The biggest bone to pick is this lack of respect with whelp. No relationship is, you know, respect. It is all about them them and accruing their ministry and their fine i guess money has to do with love of money guarding the wanks the guarding the banks of the holy spirit one more time micro or megro micro mega to micro i meant guarding the banks of the holy spirit this legalism is about the love of money the love of money is the root of all evil even if it means god's people can't get saved cause of that they're too disrespectful to let people want to come that is their choice, but it is God is watching, and he's not tolerating it now. Pauline commands, yes, do fellowship, but it's not legalistic. Common doctrine, Ephesians 4, is the only thing that you must abide by to be a real Christian. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of us all. He wants you, all Pauline command, God expects you to try and do your best to give obedience to everyone, but you can't. We know that. You're human. You have besetting sins and weaknesses. So God and you have to work out your conscience. Don't do that. I said don't overeat. Don't overdo. Don't do this. And, and But God is not a finger pointer legalist saying, you, you're, you know, you're going to burn in hell if you don't go to church. So you got to hear God about the church. Don't let the peer pressure and the Phariseeism and the skill of the minister who says that with the scowl of false doctrine him or her bother you first paul command about groups <clears throat> fellowship 
The second two are about leaving groups, <laughs> getting away from fellowships. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, if it's a ministry, it says if they are boasters, accusers, lovers of themselves, denying the power thereof over time, you've done your best, you've forgiven them, you've tried to you know, work it out, they're affecting you, your family, you know you're getting beaten down, worn out, leave, it says from such, turn away, there's a longer list, but I don't have time to talk about it, Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, the friendly fire from such, turn away fellowship, which to me is the reason I teach like this, and know so much, you know, teach the art of wealth because it is about relationships again lovers of self accusers of a relationship boasters of self you know there's a lot of things ego the last one is and i gotta close the last one is first timothy 6 5 it says there may be people who are great talkers they talk a lot but then they say you're not blessed by God if you don't have money. So if you have no money, and they do, evidently they must, and you're not blessed like us, it says from such turn away. So that love of money, the mammon-centric ministry, the mammon-centric minister or persons, they are more in self-involved on temporal things coveting money possessions things that don't matter in real life and they instead are so filled with ego and impure hearts that now they think you know our criteria if they're worthy to be in our fellowship if they're worthy to be in our ministry they have to own property they have to be beg you know they have to be well off settled millionaires thousandaires like us they have to have a fishing boat in the country like we do at our lake so there are many shallow but sinister, false, counterfeit representations of ministry, of Christians, of persons. And so they're one command to fellowship with the saints, two kinds of people groups to, from such turn away. We are in the last days. God is reproving. He's sifting. He's giving all of us choices. Who are we going to serve? Who are we really going to serve? Are we going to serve because our pet pastor owns the church? Are we going to really be pulling away and say, Lord, what do you really want me to do about this? I see some signs, significant signs of the Eli Temple I priesthood dross. And it's not going away. It's wearing me down. It's making me feel suppressed. It's making me feel confused. And, you know, I don't think it's righteous. So it's a balance. You don't want to go just because of that, but you don't want to stay because you feel guilty. And this is why everybody is being sifted and reproved. What choices will we make to hear God and do whatever he says? Don't do whatever he says. Or will we just do the same old bygone days? Oh, it looks good. Smells good. Found, you know, I love the, the warm fuzzies I get. But really, it's the toxic Eli, temple high priest, and it's ready for judgment. God loves you. He forgives us all. He, he just cares more than we'd ever imagine. These are the days that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in them. But don't be on the side of the Eli, temple high priesthood, or the law. 
it accuses, both of them accuse. Be on the side of the Lord, be the remnant, the holy remnant. God is good, his mercy endures. This is Tavo DRC signing off for now.